Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another Ars Blog Arscast on Arsblog.com in association, as always, with OleOle.com, the football community website. Um, it's a rather strange Arscast this week because I'm, I'm going away tomorrow for a few days over to Barcelona. I'll see some old pals, drink some old mojitos and, well, not old mojitos, new mojitos, I hope. Those old mojitos are still where I left them then. Uh, that city's in... A bit of trouble, let me tell you. But, uh, yeah, so I, I'm sort of um, charging around trying to get everything done and dusted and fixed up and, and haven't really been able to pay too much attention to the cast, you see. Uh, but still, on the way between now and the end of this week's show, we have got a chat with Amy Lawrence about uh, the Newcastle game, a look ahead to the Middlesbrough game as well, a touch on uh, the uh, goalkeeping situation and the usual bits and pieces that uh, Amy chats about. Uh, also, the man in the bar will be here with a player history, uh, Arsene Wenger Hawk is here, and there's some other bits and pieces of crap as well, as you would rightly expect, because if nothing else, the Arscast is founded on, on mostly crap. So it is. Um, so, since the last Arscast, what's been going on? Well, uh, there was a game against Aston Villa last weekend, tale of two halves, as we know, Arsenal absolutely majestic in the first half, despite going a goal down, it was rather fortunate for, fortunate for Aston Villa, uh, but despite going a goal down, we got straight back into it, uh, Matthew Flamini, Oh, please give that boy a new deal, please. Uh, got the equalizer, and then a fantastic header from Emmanuel Adibayor put us two goals to one to the good. And at halftime, you're thinking, okay, we're playing so well. This is going to be uh, reasonably, uh, not easy, but, I mean, if we keep playing like that, we could get, you know, two or three more goals in this game. As it turned out, we didn't play well in the second half, and Villa played really, really well, put themselves about and um, did that whole thing of, of not letting us play. And, of course, uh, as we were without Sesk and Hleb, guys that can put their foot on the ball and create a bit of space and and see passes that other people can't see. Um, yeah, we struggled a little bit in that, and uh, yeah, we were a bit hanging on, although Villa never really, really looked like they were going to win it. Um, you know how easy it is to let in a goal, and so it proved on Wednesday night uh, against Newcastle. We started really well, obviously, Emmanuel Adebayor's ninth league goal of the season, uh, which makes him the league's top scorer at this point, uh, but it's ahead after about four minutes. Uh, but after that, we really didn't 
uh, threaten Newcastle very much at all. Um, without the creativity, as we mentioned, of Fleb and of uh, Fabregas, we again struggle to cope with the team that was in our faces. Uh, and we miss Flamini as well, I think. Uh, and one of the things that's sometimes overlooked, people talk about him being a great defensive midfielder and making space for Fabregas, but he's more than capable uh, of uh, cropping up and, and getting us a goal, as he showed against Aston Villa, and as he showed on, what, four or five occasions last season as well. Uh, he, he can get you a goal as well as providing that sort of defensive cover. Uh, Almuni, I thought, was very good in goal, but uh, I suppose overall... Overall, you can't be too disappointed. We had uh, we had some players that just really didn't perform. Rosicki may be a bit disappointing, I have to say. When um, the other guys are absent, you're looking for him as a, a so-called number 10, and he was moved into that role to be a little more cute, to be a little more creative on the ball. And there was that instance when he was uh, clean through. Adi Bayor, of course, was uh, two yards offside in front of him, but there was no reason why Rosicki couldn't keep going. Was there? So, I don't know, he, he's been a bit sort of hit and miss, I have to say, and um, I'd really like to see him start producing a bit more on a more consistent basis. But still, a point away from home, that was our game in hand, so we stay uh, top of the league, uh, four points clear of Manchester United. So that's really what's happened between this Arscast and the last Arscast. Of course, it reminded us all of, of how much we dislike Sam Allardyce and Sam Allardyce's teams. He's just got that kind of a face, doesn't he? Standing there, chewing gum like a big old fucking cow chewing the cud. It's awful. I just can't fucking stand it. Bellowing, spittle flying everywhere. It's just, ah, yeah. He's horrible, horrible. And his team is horrible. Joey Barton, Alan Smith, Milner. I never realized I hated James Milner until that game. Stupid big square face on him. Steven Taylor, ugh. Even though he scored the goal, that's not the real reason to hate him. The real reason to hate him is, I don't know why. Why do you need a reason? Can't you just indiscriminately not like somebody? The goal didn't help, but just look at his face. Awful. Even if Helen Keller was your mother, she'd be hard-pressed to love that face. Anyway, that that result might well have saved Allardyce's job for the uh, for the short term. I, I hope it saves it long enough that we can bring them back to the Grove and give him a good spanking later in the season, and then it costs Allardyce his job. That's what I hope. That's what I hope. Not that I'm a petty man seeking revenge for every uh, small perceived slight on my football team, or anything like it. I'm a bigger man than that, certainly. Anyway, to talk a little more about the Newcastle game, to look ahead to the Middlesbrough game, and, and some other bits and pieces as well, it's time to welcome back our old pal Amy Lawrence. Hi, Amy. How you doing, Mr. Osborg? I'm very well, thank you very much. And you? Excellent. Good stuff. Um, the football at the moment is uh, is very enjoyable. Um, Newcastle away on on Wednesday night was a game many people expected us to win, but given the the absences we had, particularly in midfield, uh, and the way Newcastle played, a point wasn't a bad result at all. I think when people look at a result like that and feel disappointed or a bit disgruntled, they really need to take a bit of a reality check. While you'd expect a team challenging for the title to win most of their home games. You can't expect to win absolutely every game on the road. And a point away from home every now and again, when circumstances are not perfect, which they weren't, you've got to accept and say, job done, there's nothing to complain about. And the the reason that it wasn't perfect is that to go and play any kind of game without pretty much your three best players of the season, which was the case without Fabregas, Flamini and Hleb, means that you're going to be a bit disjointed. So, it's not ideal. And what, what is probably the most 
um, interesting thing to come out of it is to say, well, is the strength of the squad quite what everybody hopes that it would be in terms of challenging for the title? Because you don't want to be without a, a number of your best players for a long term situation but that might happen at some stage of the season and you can ride it for a, a game or two but you won't be able to ride it for weeks on end so uh, I suppose the moral of the story is come back Cesc, Flamini and Pleb and um, let's see how how Arsenal can do well without them. Uh, looks like they're going to be missing for the game against uh, against Borough on Sunday as well. Another man missing, obviously, is Robin van Persie. And, and in his absence, um, Arsene seems to be playing a little bit safe with a, a 4-5-1 formation. When you consider he's got Bentner, Walcott that he considers as a striker as well, and Eduardo, who is a striker but, but really isn't getting the games there, does it sort of show a little bit of a, a lack of, not trust or faith in these players, but he's not quite sure that we can cope playing four four two um without Van Persie? I think you're right. Uh, it's a, a reflection on the fact that he's obviously not quite sure about, if you like, not just uh, any of the individuals, but the partnerships up front. And it's an interesting season where when you look at the attacking players a lot of them have done well individually but there isn't really an attacking pairing that has clicked and looked like the business at any stage of the season arguably Van Persie and Adebayo but actually if you analyse the games that they played together invariably one of them played better than the other and actually as a as a partnership they weren't quite clicking um, and that's the most interesting thing about the squad that Arsenal has at his disposal at the moment that You've got a lot of attacking players who are doing well and scoring goals, but there really isn't a, a perfect front two. I mean, most people's pick would be Adebayo and Van Persie, probably. But I would argue that Bentner is is perhaps the best player at the club in terms of holding the ball up and bringing others into play. Um, he's probably not had quite the fairest crack of the whip, and I would quite like to see a little bit more of him. Um, Eduardo, it's obvious, I think, that the manager feels he needs a little bit of time and I think the performance at Newcastle demonstrated that he still has adaptation issues that need to be resolved before he's trusted to be a first choice for the big games. Walcott obviously is still work in progress as well so that explains probably why the 4-5-1 comes into play but also it is a team where at the moment midfield is, is the strength and there are those number of players uh, who all would probably like to play the old-fashioned number 10 position and Hleb and Rizitsky, um when they get forced out wide do their best but you know that they would rather be playing in a sort of shadow strikers role so that's maybe another reason where when there isn't the opportunity to play 4-4-2 Arsenal's thinking well at least I get to play those players in their preferred position right. I don't know perhaps that's something to do with it Okay Has Hleb surprised you this season? Massively um, as you know all too well, I wasn't his number one fan last season. Um, I thought he was one of the most frustrating players in the squad. And I have to eat tons of humble pie and chew my hat and all that kind of stuff because he's really been exceptional uh, this season. Um yeah, <laughs> fair play, Sleb. Sorry, mate. All right, I think you're not the only one who's uh, eating a bit of humble pie this season as well. Um, looking ahead to the weekend, Middlesbrough uh, in the bottom three, not 
performing at all. Obviously, Gareth Southgate is uh, doing very well to hang on to his job, you would think, at the moment, the way they've been performing. Uh, but again, without the creative uh, side of our uh, of our team, Sesk and Fleb, Flamini, who adds that drive, and Percy up front, uh, it's going to be more of a challenge than than we might like. I would be surprised if Middlesbrough are as aggressive as Newcastle were. Mm. Uh, they may attempt to play that way um, because all of a sudden in the last five minutes everybody seems to have decided that you can you can have a go at Arsenal that way um, and get some rewards, even though um, I found it quite amusing to hear Aston Villa t- talking about that was the way to beat Arsenal when they didn't beat Arsenal <laughs> at all. Um, but... You know, there is now a sort of media bandwagon where they're trying to put across this big sense of this is the way to beat Arsenal, which is something we've heard for a long time. Um, but for the first few months of the season, obviously the team had really banished that idea um, with so much grit and so many last-minute winners and such obvious spirit in the team. Um, Middlesbrough, I'm not quite sure how they'll best approach it, but it's like most of these games. It's not really about the opposition and it's about how Arsenal plays. And that should have been the case in Newcastle. And if Arsenal had played anywhere near their capability and had the fluency and quality of game they managed most of the season, I think despite Newcastle's best efforts of impersonating Bolton, they wouldn't have got anything out of the game. Um, And the same thing applies uh, on Saturday. uh, Sunday, is it? (laughs) At Middlesbrough. Um, where it shouldn't really be about how Middlesbrough play and it's about whether Arsenal can impose their quality of game without these key players on a struggling team and everybody probably expects Arsenal might fare a lot better at Borough than at Newcastle but it's time for the boys to deliver. Okay, Uh, just final thing, Uh, goalkeeping situation, Almunia, uh, feeling a bit more confident about him, he played very well against Newcastle I thought. Much better game, but I don't know what it is about him, but there is that certain something that just makes me feel a little bit anxious every now and again when he goes rushing around in his area. Um, yeah, uh, I'm still not convinced that he's the top, top quality keeper that a title chasing um, and Champions League competing team requires as a first choice. Uh, I think he's a terrific backup because he's someone who can come in and do a job. But I still would like to see... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, a really top top keeper coming in uh, sooner rather than later because I think the back four looks pretty solid now and mm. um, while they're going to get caught out a bit sometimes with the aerial ball because they're not the biggest it's so much better than um, that last couple of years but I just think it's those one or two key key games where an error uh, might be costly. That could be the difference between winning the league or not. So, having said that, I think it's an almost impossible task to try and buy a brilliant goalkeeper in January True. because such a specialist position. Anytime anybody tries to buy a, a goalie, that club then has to go and buy a goalie, um, and it's, you tend not to get that much movement in such a specialist position in uh, the January market. So, I think probably. What we see is what what we'll continue with, right. um, unless Fabianski can make a big push. But it looks like Arsenal's thinking maybe is if he rates Fabianski highly enough, he won't want to bring in another keeper in the same way that he's so obviously um, uh, been been very keen to avoid bringing in big name players to hinder the developments of the Sesks and the Clichés and so on. So. I think if he has got faith in Fabianski, uh, Almunia will see out this season, and then perhaps um, Fabianski's time will come next term. Okay. If he hasn't got that much faith in Fabianski that he thinks he's going to be a top top keeper pretty quickly, then we've got to buy someone sooner or later. I suppose as well with Lehman, um sitting on the bench during half times and not warming up with uh, Almunia, etc., etc. Does that indicate maybe something about Fabianski that he's not ready yet, that, that we'll tolerate that kind of behaviour from Lehman in the short term? Good question. Um, I'm not sure because, I, I mean, Lehman is so obviously isolated himself um, yeah. with his behaviour and this team has shown such great togetherness and they really do look like friends. Um, that Lehman's actually probably marks him out as a real separate figure around the training ground. Um, perhaps it's just a case of it, it's, it's less hassle to keep Lehman involved in some level than in no level at all. Um, it's difficult to know quite what goes on down at the training ground. and uh, I, I still think it, it looks like it would be in the best interests of probably everybody to let Lehman um, go back to Germany or wherever. Uh, in January, that's fair to him. But on the other hand, I still think there are times, sometimes, of watching the games where you think, who would I pick now, Lehman or Almunia? And mm. Lehman might have had his moments uh, this season, but he is still a very decent goalkeeper. And I think if you did a straw poll, although probably most people uh, would plump for Almunia at the moment, I think there's still a lot of people who would still pick Lehman. Okay, well, look, we'll leave it there and we'll see what happens in January. Um, if we don't talk to you between now and Christmas, have a fantastic one. Thanks a lot, and to you and all the Ask Bloggers out there. All right. Cheers, Amy. Cheers.
Thanks very much to Amy Lawrence, and we will have her back on another Arscast in the near future. Do you know what's annoying? Maybe this isn't something that would really annoy too many people. In fact, it only annoys me. It's the way that my headphone cables always get caught around the legs of my chair. I got one of those kind of swivelly office chair things, but somehow, somehow, the headphone cable always gets caught around the middle bit and underneath the, one of the far legs, so you have to lift the chair up in order to get it untangled. That's annoying. I can hear you not caring from there. So uh, we'll go to the bar where the man in the bar has got a player history. Hello and welcome to another player history here on the old Irish blog with me, the man in the bar. This week we're talking about a fella called Chris Kiwamia. He was shy. Join me next week for another player history. I think that's what you call, um, to the point, isn't it? Hmm. The man in the bar will hopefully be back uh, with another player history on next week's Arscast. Now, what else is there to talk about? Not a huge amount. Should remind you, of course, to uh, enter the competition to win yourself a copy of the Arsenal Opus. All you have to do is click on the right-hand side of uh, of the Ars blog homepage. You get taken to a page which tells you all about how you can do that. Uh, worth £3,000. It's in conjunction with O2. And all you have to do is upload one of your favourite Arsenal photos... Every week, two winners will be chosen, and they'll get themselves a weekly prize of uh, two match tickets to go and see an Arsenal home game, uh, and then they'll go forward to the main prize. Now, already one Ars blog reader uh, has won a weekly prize, so uh, get yourself involved in that. Click on the banner below each day's post, or you can click on the right-hand side, and you'll be taken to a page which... Uh, gives you all the details and tells you all about the uh, the competition for the Arsenal Opus. It does finish at the end of this month. Uh, so if you do want to get involved, you'd best get your skates on. Now, um, Arsene Wenger Hawkins, why not? Hello, everyone. Here is a letter which I wrote to Sam Allardyce. Well, I didn't write it. I dictated it to the houseboy, but you know what I mean. Okay, here it is. Ahem. Cough, cough. Dear Sam Allardyce, I really fucking hate you, you fat walrus-looking cunt. Not only do I really hate you, I detest you, despise you, abhor you, and loathe you. This is for a number of reasons. 1. You are a fat walrus-looking cunt. 2. I hate walruses. 3. You are a fat walrus-looking cunt. 4. Walruses are cunts. 5. Walruses that chew chewing gum are the worst kind of walruses. I hope someone invents a walrus-specific virus that is spread through the overconsumption of chewing gum, and which rots the mandibles off them. There are about 58 other reasons why I hate you, but I just don't have time to go through them as Marco, the houseboy, has other chores to attend to. In fact, when I get angry my scrotum sweats profusely and thinking about you has made me very angry indeed. It's like I'm sitting in a puddle of my own ball bag sweat which, even though I can feel it, makes me uncomfortable. I just wanted to let you know how I felt. I thought it was only right and proper to tell you. Yours in hope of your timely and drawn-out death. Arsene Wenger Hawkins P.S. Don't tell the police about this letter or anything, because they might use it as evidence in case something ever happens to you, 
but it certainly wouldn't be me that did it, as I am a law-abiding Dalek-type person. So, there you go. I am posting it right away inside the Christmas card with a picture of the worst bit from two girls, one cup on the front. Oh yes. There you go, Arsene Wenger Hawkins will be back on another Arsecast in the very near future. He does seem to have a big problem, doesn't he, with, uh, with Sam Allardyce. I think it all stems back to the time when Allardyce was manager of Limerick City here in Ireland, and himself and Arsene Wenger Hawkins had a bit of a set-to one night uh, in a bar. Not quite sure what it's about. I did ask him. Could have been about a woman, uh, a beer, or a very large meat-filled pie. Uh, but he won't tell. He says he'll take the secret with him to his grave or or to Sam Allardyce's grave. One or the other. Either way, either way, I absolve myself of any responsibility for anything that might happen. N- nothing to do with me. I just give the guy a platform. That's all it is. That's all it is. If you want, I'll put you in touch with his agent. Yeah. Just drop me an email if you'd like his contact details. The address to send to is Arsene Wenger Hawkins' agent, whose name I can't remember, but I haven't just made up on the spot now or anything. He does exist, I promise you. I'm not I'm not spoofing, really, honest, uh, truly, at arsblog.com. Um, so there you go. Uh, what else have we got to talk about? Well, we, we can't talk about the Middlesbrough game because we already spoke about that with Amy. Um... We had good news, I suppose, on Arsenal.com last night when Robin Van Persie is due to return to full training next week. Uh, Arsene Wenger says, Van Persie and Diaby are not far. From next week, they'll be back in normal training. Stau Bucharest game uh, on Wednesday looks early, apparently. But the more important game, probably, is uh, is next Sunday uh, against Chelsea. Uh, of course, it's a mad Sunday. I think it's uh, the top four all playing each other there. Uh, Arsenal against Chelsea, and of course, Liverpool play Manchester United. So uh, with results going one way or the other there, uh, somebody could either close the gap or open up a rather large gap. If we were to beat Chelsea and United and Liverpool were to draw, that would be very, very good for us. Like, really, really excellently good. And I think, I have to say, I think we deserve it. I think we deserve to beat Chelsea just based on the last couple of years of games against Chelsea when we haven't beaten them. We went through this fantastic run. Do you remember when every time we played them, we beat them? And then Mourinho took over and and he seemed to have the uh, the hex over Arsene Wenger. But Mourinho's now gone. And no matter how, uh, how well Chelsea are playing at the moment, there's a new manager in over whom Arsene could have a similar type hex, you see. So that's the way I'm looking at it, and and uh, we're due a win against them. Uh, Liverpool and United should be uh, rather tasty as well. They hate each other very, very much indeed, very much. And that hatred is always, it's always good for the neutral, isn't it? So that's next Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, this Sunday we've got Middlesbrough, then on Wednesday, Stau Bucharest, and, and then we can get on with all that sort of stuff. We'll look ahead to that game on next week's Arscast. But for this week's Arscast... Uh, that's just about it. I better go pack my bag and uh, make sure I've got enough money for mojitos and caipirinhas and, and delicious tapas and things like that. So uh, I'll still be blogging over the weekend. Laptop ahoy. Uh, that's how committed I am. You see, that's how committed I am to you, my loyal, loyal reader and listener. So there you go. Uh, talk to you uh, on the blog, of course, over the weekend and next week and on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Bye-bye.
Welcome to Ireland's laughingest TV station. This is RRRTE. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we have Farmer's Wives. And at 9 o'clock, the X Factory, where we look at a factory where they make letter X's to put on doors. Now, though, it's the Crossbow Challenge, where arse blogger gets to shoot a crossbow at a Premiership football team. This week, it's Newcastle United. Dewin Taylor, defender. <laughs> Nicky Bot, midfielder. Ow, you cunt. Dead. James Milner, winger. <laughs> Mark Viduka, fat bloke. Unbelievable. Joey Barton, brother of a murderer. Ow, got me right in the cock. Alan Smith, striker. Samuel Allardyce, manager. Oh, you missed. that time fat cunt a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 